0: in Dallas. Yeah, it's a beauty, that stadium. It's huge, it's huge, it's big, but uh, we got our good Friday, our good buddy on the hotline, uh, Evan Winter from A to Z Sports. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm doing good, Johnny. How are you doing? Oh, man, you know, just same old, same old, grinding away, pal. How's everything going with you?
1: I cannot complain it's another day in paradise I hope all is well on your end
0: I know you have a you have a, a small child you're raising you got you're in the midst of uh, you know you got football all around you you're in Tennessee so you got Titans football you're covering bucks uh, you're doing all this stuff so it's got to be a little chaotic for you right now.
1: Just a little bit, but, you know, the, the tiny bit of sanity that I do receive every now and then is always appreciated. And, hey, who knows? I might have found something just right now in this in this segment that we're about to do.
0: Oh, okay. I like that. I mean, if we got breaking news, uh, you know, while we were talking to you, that would be awesome. So um we got to catch up a little bit. We haven't really talked to you since uh, training camp started. Obviously, I, I, we're not going to touch on what people think we're going to touch on. The whole Tom Brady situation, that's playing itself out. Uh you know, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people, I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like, look, it's it's a, it's a lot to do about nothing. The guy probably you know, booked a vacation before he announced that he was coming back, and he, you know, the Gis- 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 Giselle was like, "All right, go back, but we're not skipping the Bahamas, bitch." You know, so he had to he had to continue, you know, the, to try to balance that family life and being forty five years old. I I wasn't too alarmed by it. And then it was the Mass Singer thing. He was on the Mass Singer. Maybe. 100%. I saw that they were Ken Jeong. Uh, Ken uh, what's his name? The, Ken Jeong. The, the, yeah. Ken Jeong. He said that, that he was. They were playing it up, saying <laughs> we got Tom Brady. He's one of the singers. Maybe I saw a clip of it.
1: Right. The, ma- the mass singer thing would have been absolutely gold, but you know, at the end of the day, there are just some cancellation policies that not even Tom and Giselle can uh, can get through. So you know they right. they didn't they didn't get the insurance on the trip, the cancellation insurance. At the end of the day,
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think it's a it's really he only missed I think he was gone eleven days, and he only missed really like six practices, right?
1: Um, it might even be less than that just because I'm not good at math right off the top of my right. head. He left, during the, he left during the second or before the second Miami joint practice. or right, Yeah, because he didn't practice in that second one, so he left after that. Um, and then he returned on Monday after the Titans game. So they only had three practices uh, in between the Dolphins game. And the Titans game, so yeah, really, I think he only missed about three. Oh honest. yeah,
0: I was counting walkthroughs, which aren't even real practices. So it's just like you know, you just kind of do a little walkthrough before the the preseason games and all that. But yeah, real practices, right? Right? He, he didn't miss a lot, so uh, I'm not sweating. It. No. I'm more sweating what I think a lot of us are sweating, and as and you know, and that is, uh, you know, are they going to grab? Somebody off the, the waiver wire, you know, or one of these free agents that's out there to try to add some depth to that offensive line, losing Aaron Stinney for the season, you know, just a couple of weeks after losing Ryan Jensen. Uh, it's looking it's looking a little bleak there in the middle of the offensive line. Uh, what, what are you hearing there and what are your opinions on that?
1: You know, I think Todd Bowles kind of laid it out, or not kind of, he did lay it out uh, a couple days ago, if you remember the exact day, in one of his post-practice press conferences. And he essentially said, there's pretty much nobody out there for us to get right now. Uh, the One of the top names that come to mind, obviously, is J.C. Treader, But yeah. he's a center. Uh The reports are that Hainsey has looked, Robert Hainsey has looked pretty good. Um, and I thought he looked pretty good against Tennessee. Um, obviously, uh, Luke Dedicke had his struggles. He had that really, really bad three or four sequence of events against the Titans where he had the holding calls that wiped out some good plays by Rashad White. And then obviously, one of the holding calls led to the sack on Trask and then later the interception. So, um, he, I mean, you know, he's, he's a rookie. He's going to have his struggles. Right. And then you look at a guy like Nick Leverett, I mean – Based off what we've seen so far from Leverett and what the coaching staff is saying, especially about his ability to communicate on the offensive line, I mean, it's kind of understandable for the Bucks to at least keep trying this experiment. I mean, it's not like we're seeing free agent offensive linemen, especially interior offensive linemen, getting just snatched up off you know the free agent market. And you still have next week's round of big cuts coming. So, I mean, why not squeeze out these next couple of practices, you know, this last preseason game, get yourself a few more really good evaluations of what these guys can do, especially now that your options are pretty much limited to where you're going to have to make a choice. I mean, you, you have a really good idea of what choice you're going to make. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, I kind of understand why they wouldn't reach outside.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing with uh, with J.C. Treader and there's a lot of buzz about you know him maybe being a little black blacklisted because he is the the current president of the NFL Players Association. So you know maybe the owners are not too high on him you know because of that. It I don't know how much that plays into it, but it kind of makes you wonder because the guy he, he does seem to be healthy. He's 31 years old. You know he, he's a very solid player. Um, doesn't miss a lot of games. So. um I I would you be surprised if not only the Bucks brought him in, but I mean, the Browns are hurting on the interior offensive line, too. They've got players going down left and right. You would think that they, that would be an easy, you know, fix for them to just go resign this guy. But uh, it, it just does seem a little weird to me that this guy's sitting out there and he seems fully capable to start for most most teams. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, it definitely is strange, um, but there's two things that come to my mind instantly when I think about if it's the, now, whether it's the 31 or let's say 30 teams, not including the Bucks and the Browns, you know, I can't obviously speak for them, but just in perception of the Buccaneers, if they're willing to sign Antonio Brown, then right. especially, you know, in 2020 after, I mean, like he had just gotten off, the trouble um with throwing the bike or so he had just gotten some kind of recent mischief, I can't remember, like a week or two before the Buccaneers signed him. So right, right. if if they're if they're willing to sign him, I'm pretty sure they'd be okay with signing JC Treader. Um but then second off, uh you know, I mean at the end of the day, it's just it is a weird situation. It really is, because you would think it's a natural fit for the Browns for him to go back there. Mm-hmm. But like I said, at the end of the day um, I think Tampa Bay. If there was something that they saw on tape they like, and they could be very well that he just doesn't fit, and you would think he does because Cleveland runs uh, run scheme and turn, they're not zone; they're they're gap power scheme. Um, but maybe it's pass protection. I don't know. But you look at PSF grades, and they say he was one of the highest, you know, pass pass walking centers or highest graded pass walking centers last year. I don't know. It's definitely a weird situation. Yeah, but it's odd. No. Yeah, if, if, if it was something about him getting blackball, I don't think
0: they. Now, one thing that I take solace in, and I and I love to hear your opinion on this too, it, it's Tom Brady, and I think Tom Brady has a lot to do with this offensive line, the success or the failure of this offensive line, and I, I would say more success uh, because it's Tom Brady. Now, Tom's been known to, and I like to call him Tom, you know, because we're friends. Uh, he's been known to, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> he's been known to coach up. Receivers. He's been known to coach up, you know, different players, even defensive backs. He's given, he'll stay out, you know, at practice and tell these guys, hey, this is how you defend that route better. And he helps these guys out. Um, he's obviously working with these offensive linemen, um, you know, giving them pointers, you know, letting them know how he likes his protection. So even if you got a mid grade guy in there, you know, filling in the gap until. You know, somebody comes back in. We still don't know what's happening with Ryan Jensen. It's the weirdest thing ever. I've never seen test results take this long. But, I mean, just having Tom Brady back there as opposed to, you know, a a Kyle Trask or somebody like that, it doesn't doesn't have the experience, you know, Tom Brady's going to be able to read these defenses, know where the blitzes are coming from, and be able to, you know, audible these offensive linemen into a more favorable position. I mean, that's got to be a plus, and that's got to be why they're not looking to add all this depth, because they're going to wait for Tom to give them the signal like, okay, I'm okay with this offensive line, or hey, go get me somebody. You think that's what they're doing?
1: I mean, that definitely probably plays into the decision somewhat, but And I'm literally looking at this tweet as I read it off to you and speak to you. Um, I found this a couple months or a couple weeks ago on Twitter. But uh, Tom Brady, back in New England, has a history of winning Super Bowls with young or rookie centers. He won two with Dan Coppin, and Coppin's rookie year and his second year. Uh, And then he did the same thing with uh, David Andrews. So, I mean, it's, it's not like Tom Brady doesn't have any kind of experience working with the young center. So, like you're saying, there's a great chance that he might be simplifying things with Hainsey. Uh But at the end of the day, I do think if Tom Tech came up to them and said, and real quick, just a quick aside, right. people, it's like all of a sudden, like the national media, I know everybody in Tampa is good to go, but it's all, this, like, all of a sudden the national media forgot that the Bucks have Shaq Mason on right. this roster. Like, it's pretty crazy. Like, I know. I, I mean, like, between between the two tackles, as long as Tristan comes back fine, which sounds like he's going through, um, but as long as you got Donnie and Tristan, and then you got Shaq, you, you can get by with the two, uh, Hainsy and, you know, whoever wins that left guard spot, as long as they're just playing decent. But anyways, right. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a great chance that, yeah, if Tom goes up to him and is like, hey, look, this just isn't working in terms of, you know, the, the two-thirds of the interior, then I'm sure they would look at somebody, but you know, coaching staffs are pretty tra- – or not, sorry, they're not transparent at the end of the day. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know how they just love to play this you know, cat-and-mouse game or, you know, um, wild goose chase, however you want to characterize it. Right. But, you know, for them to come out and straight-up say there's nothing out there, I mean, there probably is something to take away from that at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, I was watching one of these national, you know, football shows. I'm not going to say which network, you know. But, um, but you know, they they were – the whole panel was like, Oh, they're, they're gonna blitz Tom Brady up the middle and he is he's not gonna be able to you know, that's that's his weakness and I I mean, they're gonna scheme around a weakness like that. You gotta think the Bucks aren't just throwing their hands up in the air and going, Look, we're we're going, you know, four and and thirteen this year. We, we 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 can't do anything. You know, like they, even if they knew, like you said, you got Shaq Mason, you got two awesome tackles, they're going to scheme if there there is a problem there, if people try to blitz them, Tom Brady's going to eat them up because if you're blitzing, somebody's open, you know, so I'm not too worried about it because we have Tom Brady, because we have, you know, three, three fits of a really good offensive line. And like you said, if you got two mediocre guys, as long as they're not swinging doors, I I think we're going to be just fine. I think everybody's freaking out a little bit. I think Hainsey's a good run blocker. I think we're going to run the ball a lot more this year. Uh, And as soon as Gadecki gets it, the guy is – he's a savage. He is a mauler. Like, he is a mean dude. I don't – you were out at at Titans training camp, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. And, I mean, overall – if the offensive line—it it pretty much was what we saw on Saturday night. They got beat pretty regularly, but yeah. you can see those flashes from him, and he is a big dude. I mean, he—he he has the look of a Bucks offensive lineman. Just, just that just gigantic size that they really, really—that um, they really, really value. But at the end of the day, I mean, when we're talking about the offense as a whole, too, it's not like if the Bucks are getting beat up front. It's not like they're going to want to be to be doing seven step drops, especially Tom Brady. Right. He's not going to want to be calling seven step drops with you know long developing routes, you know throwing, you know twenty five air yard passes and all that stuff. He'll take the check downs. He'll adjust. He'll make the right proper calls. And if you look at, I was playing around with uh, you know a fifty three roster projection, or you know from what we know right now before I came on. And if you look at the eight offensive linemen, probably nine, that they're going to keep, all of their depth guys, whether it be Gadecki or um, Leverett, who wins the starting left guard position, all of their depth guys have shown a lot of versatility throughout the preseason. And they've got two bona fide guys who can play swing in Josh Wells and Fred Johnson. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think they it, it'll be a mishmash type deal. And like you said, who knows what's going on with Ryan Jensen. If they get him back in you know, December, January, whatever, that's just going to be nothing but a bonus. But at the end of the day, I, I mean, they're, they're not in a terrible, terrible spot. And the cool thing about all of this is they get to evaluate the future when it comes to uh, Gettakee or uh, Mahanesee, whereas, you know, if Jensen has stayed healthy over these last three years, which obviously that's what we want, we hope for, but with football – now you get a full year's worth potentially a full year's worth of meaningful snaps to at least whenever